0: Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.
1: I'm Jesse Thorne. It's Bullseye. Next up is the Australian actor Sarah Snook. Odds are, if you know Sarah, it's for her role on Succession. latest zeitgeisty TV drama on HBO. Sarah plays Siobhan Roy, but to her friends and family, it's just Shiv. Shiv, like what you'd stab somebody in the back with. Succession follows the Roy family. They own a giant conservative media conglomerate called Waystar Royco. The family's patriarch, Logan Roy, is getting older and he can't run the company forever. So who will he name to take over? And what are they willing to do to be that person? Or will he just, you know, blow the whole thing up out of spite? Like pretty much every character on Succession, Shiv is complicated. She's cunning and fragile, selfish and vulnerable, principled, but not too principled. Sometimes she sits above the fray, letting her brothers squabble over the family business. Other times, she's right in the middle of the fight. Snook has earned an Emmy nomination for her role as Shiv. She's now up for a Golden Globe for the same part. Linda Holmes, the wonderful host of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, talked with Sarah in 2020 about what it's like to play one of the most fascinating, complex, and confounding characters on TV today. But before we get into that, let's listen to a clip from Succession. Like I said earlier, Shiv spends most of the first season kind of above the fray, distancing herself from the company. But then at the beginning of season two, her dad offers her the top job. Let's listen.
0: Dad, I don't think so.
1: Really? Because if there's really no hope of you coming in,
0: I'd rather cash out. Look, if this is the way that we're having this conversation anyway, then yeah, fine, So Fine. I'll do it. Right now. I'll tweet, the markets will move, and that'll be that. Bull You don't care if I sell? Don't be a jerk, Dad. You want to do it? Yes. Yes.
2: Sarah Snook, welcome to Bullseye. (laughs) Hi, thanks for having me. What a great clip! I want to come back to that scene in a little bit, but first, I think think you're you're uh, obligated to start every conversation right now with uh, how
0: how are things? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it's good. I mean, I'm good. It's um, it's it's a a tough time for everybody in, in a lot of ways, but everybody that I speak to, no matter what industry it seems, is like really of purposefully finding like the optimism and the positivity in the times and that's like what a gift yeah for us all to be doing that for us still to have the capacity to do that it must have seemed like a good idea at the time to
2: connect yourself to united states entertainment industry (laughs) (laughs) i want to just to to take a moment for people who are currently uh shocked to find out that you are australian and in australia oh yeah
0: yeah get it right
1: yeah
2: Well, you know, maybe the rest of the cast for your next season can just come to you and it can be the, it can be the Australian (laughs) season. They'll go to a big ranch. It'll be an American television version of Australia. So it'll have all the koalas and kangaroos and all that good stuff.
0: Like every Australian actor in it completely, like just as a random person at the cafe, like Margot Robbie just lives down there and Russell Crowe is the owner of the ranch and they're all mates. Well,
2: let's talk a little bit about Shiv. Did you go through, uh, for people who aren't familiar with Shiv, her name is Siobhan, but she's always called Shiv, except perhaps by her father. (laughs) Named after a knife, which is not terribly subtle, but great,
0: (laughs) I think, personally. Yeah. Yeah. When we first got together doing the pilot, we were like, like, oh, wow, we didn't realize it's like Roman, Shiv. Connor. Yeah, Con, Connor, Shiv, Siobhan. Kendall, um, then, You know, that's like angry, but then, and Kendall, like Kendall, Kendall, Ken. Oh, knowledge, like wisdom. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose, but. It's a great,
2: it's a great set of names. Did you, did you go through a,
0: a kind of a normal audition process for, for Shiv? Um, in, 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 somewhat. Yes. I, I uh, got the uh, self-taped from Australia. And so I, um, uh, put something down with my friend. Uh, at home and was very reticent to do so because I thought, you know, it was out of my league and out of um, possibility of of me getting it. So I'm, you know, uh, endlessly grateful to my friend for making me put the tape down. Um, But then, yeah, they asked if I would come over to do a final self tape, sorry, final um, screen test in in the States. And yeah, that way. Why didn't you think you would get it? Because I'm just so not, i'm me personally as sarah is so far from chiv that i w- was in this i don't know how to expand myself to fit that i don't know if i know what that infinite wealth kind of person is like i don't know if i like that person um mm. i don't yeah it just wasn't in my i didn't feel like it was comfortably in my wheelhouse i was just being chicken you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> just grow up sarah in the first season, it often seemed like Shiv
2: was the most normal of her siblings. She's got her brother Kendall, who is kind of a collapsing mess in the first season. Her brother Roman is uh, just kind of a dirt ball in a lot of ways. Just, just really, it really, really kind of a yeah. dirt ball. Yeah, yeah. And her brother Connor is a weirdo <laughs> living out in the desert. And she sort of seems like the most healthy person. She's in politics instead of business. What is it like to be in an ensemble where you're maybe playing the closest thing to a normal, healthy person with all these very big kind of nutty things going on all around?
0: It it, it was difficult at first because like in comedy you have the kind of the buffoon and then the kind of quote-unquote like the straight guy, like the person, the fall guy, the person who's Well the fall guy. He's the person – well, they're the person who – they remain the audiences in right, i guess sure. the, the touchstone and i felt like sometimes i had to be that and yet wanted to be able to lean into or hide behind comedy or all the sort of like the character points that they had that felt bigger that they had to obviously feel and make realistic but i didn't feel like i had that so i i wondered what my point was i guess like what what's she doing there um And then realize that it is so much about Shiv is is observation and watching and being that kind of feline thing going on in the corner, just like Mm -hmm. waiting to pounce at the right point. Yeah. And she was – she did always have going
2: for her, I think, in terms of – particularly in terms of comedy, her marriage. Because you can't (laughs) talk about – you can't talk about Shiv and not talk about Tom. Shiv's husband is – how do we describe Tom, played by the great Matthew McFadyen? How do we play, How do we describe Tom?
0: Well, Tom is a sycophantic little gnat in a way. Like he's just, he's he's this. Is there's so much about him that is slimy and wormy and small, and yet it's in the outward casing of Matthew McFadyen, which is charming, handsome, beautiful strong tall like all those kinds of leading man qualities and yet the character is the opposite in some ways which I I love because he's just such a you know he's a brilliant actor and and for him getting a chance to play something so different from what he usually would be cast in or could play you know quite easily yeah it's a lot more interesting to sink your teeth into and Tom I think I think one of the clearest things that that occurred to us in second season was that Obviously, Tom is a bully because he bullies uh, Greg. And then, okay, well, bullies usually are being bullied by someone else at home. Okay, well, that's probably Shiv. <laughs> All right, well, we'll forgive we'll forgive Tom because he's being bullied by Shiv. And sure. then you're like, well, Shiv's being bullied by Logan, really. So we'll forgive we'll forgive Shiv that. And then it just goes up the chain. Everyone yeah. should be nice to each other, but that's not good TV. <laughs>
2: There's always a delight to me in finding out that people I think of as really good like wonderful dramatic actors are are that funny. Yeah. Because Tom Tom to me is such a he's such a funny character and I think Shiv again, you know, often it's not explicit that she's explicitly hilarious in these s- scenes with Tom, but the scenes are wonderfully funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and so, so much about the writers, they calibrate that relationship so well in that uh, it has to still, yes, it is funny, and yes, it is kind of like, why is Shiv with Tom? Mm-hmm. But it still has to be real. Like, we still have to believe, though it's unbelievable, we still have to right.
1: believe it somehow. Even more with Linda Holmes and Succession's Sarah Snook still to come. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR.
2: Support for NPR and the following message come from BetterHelp, offering online counseling. BetterHelp therapist Hesu Joe knows that lockdown has been hard on us as humans. We as people are hardwired to connect with others, which is why this whole time is so difficult. The connection that happens between people can be very powerful, and how healing it can be to have a healthy relationship with someone To get matched with a counselor within 48 hours and save 10%, go to BetterHelp.com slash Bullseye.
1: Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Right now, we're listening back to Linda Holmes' 2020 interview with Sarah Snook. Sarah plays Shiv on the TV drama Succession. The show just wrapped up its third season, and it's streaming now on HBO. Let's get back into their conversation.
2: So. When we talk about comedy, I don't know if Australian audiences are like this at all, but American audiences are often kind of obsessed with the idea that actors improvise everything and are kind yeah. of obsessed with the idea that if it seems natural and funny and conversational, the actors must have made it up on the mm, spot. Mm, um, mm. But as I understand it, you do do some improvising on, on Succession.
0: We do, we do, but it would be a great disservice and an untruth to 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 say that it's not written supremely well, you know? Like yeah. those writers work for months and then we come in and say, yo, yeah, we just improvise a lot. And <laughs> the writers are like, Oh my gosh. No, you
2: don't. We do. Where do you do it, where do you do the most of that kind of work?
0: It seems to be um, bookenders. Like so for instance, if we entered a scene and there was like the hellos that would happen at the beginning of a dinner, all of that, the writers are not gonna write that in in sort of very, very specific moments because that's the 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 thing that fills the atmosphere around. Right. Yes, there might be an amazing line that Kieran says because he's a very funny man. He might say something that's outrageous that <laughs> just makes sense for Roman to have said then and that might make the edit. You know, you're using all the colours from the from the palette, you have to kind of fill the out the outside details as well. And you know, the writers create this really uh, tight scaffolding that then you can launch around, I guess. And if improvising comes from it, it's only because they gave you the clues of where to go in the first place. So Shiv's first season kind of builds up to her
2: wedding, which is this very kind of beautiful, theoretically wonderful, special, (laughs) elegant affair. And then... Uh You leave Shiv, and when we come back, they've com- they've, among other things, really changed the visual presentation of Shiv between seasons. Um, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. They
2: gave you the the haircut heard round the world, I think, <laughs> 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 to the kind of the sleek bob of the the uh, professionally tough woman, and changed the wardrobe a lot. Did that change what it felt like to be Shiv?
0: Definitely, uh, definitely, and that sort of the confluence of the writing focusing more on what Shiv's sort of ambitious side within the family structure. Well, yes, there there that, is the
2: writing. There is the writing too, yeah. in addition to the hair and pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but the but which which the you know hair hair and costume knew, so they um, wanted to make sure that that was being reflected visually, and that as an actor that helps enormously because you feel like you're really sitting inside the character. Then it's not. Um, not so much of a bridge to cross or between you. But, I mean, I feel like Shiv is one of those people who she's a box ticker. Uh, You know, she's sort of got her five-year plan, her 10-year plan, her three-month plan, (laughs) like weekly planner, Mm -hmm. Um, and all the goals that she's going to achieve within that. And box ticking in a way is like, right, find find the person who in some ways, yes, looks good on paper, but also looks good in photographs um to marry yes he's a bit of a but i can control him and he'll, he'll never you know i think logan's very accurate in seven when he says you will marry a man fathoms beneath you because you're afraid afraid to fail that's oof, that cuts deep uh-huh there's a truth to that but it doesn't mean that they don't love each other and have a have a way in which they um relate that is that is meaningful between them yeah yeah and and then once the wedding's done it's like right <laughs> <I> mean, right <laughs> Moving on. Done.
2: I've asked myself so many times whether I think Shiv loves him. Mm. But you think Shiv loves him. Yeah, I do. And I –
0: in her own way, I think – I was going to say in the Shiv way. (laughs) Yeah. I think what's the way of, like, you know, Byron or or Keats or some sort of, like, romantic high romance poet – no, she doesn't. And no, she doesn't because she probably would never know how to feel that love because that's so vulnerable and risky. And I don't think the Roys are naturally um, – there's a softness and a gentleness to that kind of love. And so I think she's a kind of person who, who, who loves in the way that she decides what love is. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. not in the, the the room, and even seeing it on on because you you know you'd be exposed to seeing it in films and and seeing you know different versions of love. It's a bit like well. the the, looking down upon that kind and, and not seeing it as, as useful, I guess. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's transactional for her.
2: Yeah. It's, it's it's interesting too, because we, we come here back to the clip that we played at the top of the show in which Shiv is offered the opportunity to take over the company by her father. If you believe him, she's being offered the chance to take over the company. If you don't believe him, which I never believe him, then
1: it's something,
2: (laughs) something else entirely is happening. But She really kind of jumps in and says, yes, I want to do this. Whereas in the Mm. first season, as we talked about, she had kind of been in politics. She didn't seem she seemed like she was trying to kind of stay away from the family business. Did you feel like that was a big change for her? Or do you think the seeds of that, as you understood that character, were always present for her to want to then reach out and be part of the company?
0: Yeah, I think it's both, to be honest. I think we're really good as humans at, at deceiving ourselves. Like, the things that we can hide from ourselves, even in plain sight. Like, you could know something about yourself or know something about what you want, but not really admit it to yourself until it's right there in front of you. And if you don't take this chance now, then it'll never happen again. I think... Uh, her in terms of her ambition of politics. Yes, that's real. And yes, that's the thing that she had wanted to do and needed to do to prove her own worth to herself as well as to her family. But the moment that it gets offered that she could beat her brothers, she could beat the top of the, the family, like she could, there's, there's, there's an optic side of, of, of being in that family and at the top of that family in the CEO sort of position, that is never going to be un, un, unseen by Shiv <laughs> the, you know, her entire life. Like back right. as a seven-year-old, as a as a ten-year-old growing yeah. up, it would be that's the thing to aim for. But if I don't think I'm going to get there, I'm not going to reduce myself by aiming for it and failing. I'm going to go somewhere else. Right. And that's like I, I love that. And, and, you know, and Jesse said in the first season there was a scene that came up and he was like – uh. I went up to him afterwards and was like, do you think that Shiv wants – like, this doesn't seem to make sense. Doesn't Shiv want to be the top dog, like, top job, top dog kind of thing? And he goes, no, I don't think so. (laughs) I'm like, huh. And he may well have known what Mm -hmm. he wanted to do for season two. Mm -hmm. But that's genius to tell me that because because it hides it from myself even. There's no, like, I'm playing, like, you know, an eyebrow going up here or doing something like that. It's, like, it's so hidden in prismatic yeah. kind of form. Like yeah. we are as humans doing that. Yeah. That when it comes out, it's just yeah. Yeah.
2: Cause you don't you he wouldn't want you to be playing to it too much, because that's why it surprises suckers like me, because you're so surprised <laughs> by it when she does <laughs> so, it.
0: And suckers like me. So when he says it it's like <laughs> huh? And you have to follow what the scene says. And yeah. it seems that she's into this. So all right, I guess we're going there. Make it make sense.
1: We'll wrap up with Sarah Snook in just a minute. Stay with us. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Airbnb. If you've ever thought about hosting, you might have a few questions. What's it like? Where do I store my stuff? Is hosting worth it? Now with Ask a Superhost, you can get free one-on-one help from Airbnb's most experienced hosts. Whether you're curious how to get started or just wondering if it's right for you, you can now ask someone who's already hosting. Learn more at airbnb.com slash ask a super I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den?
2: They smell like living creatures decaying.
1: (laughs) Only if they are decaying.
2: Yeah, which they will be.
1: Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. We're listening to Linda Holmes' interview with Sarah Snook. She plays Shiv on HBO's Succession.
2: I want to talk about the the last episode of the second season which is of course where we left these characters family empire in crisis the patriarch Logan was looking for someone who could publicly take the fall he referred to that lovingly as a a uh, skull to wave um <laughs> and potentially could wind up in the in legal trouble the family goes off on a yacht they have maybe the world's worst brunch where they discuss at length who is going to be this, This oh, God, me too. I call it the Roy family murder breakfast. Um, <laughs> the blood sacrifice. There's this moment when Shiv's brother, Roman, suggests that they give up Tom. And Shiv sort of goes along saying right in front of her husband that he does make a kind of a compelling uh, patsy. And they don't really reach a decision at that time. But later, when Shiv and Tom are alone, he tells her that because of that conversation, as well as for some other reasons, he's not... Uh, feeling very confident about their marriage and she's just devastated. And to me, that's such a curious combination of scenes because she's so cold to him at the the murder Mm. breakfast and then Mm. she's so wounded that he seems to be unhappy. How do you interpret that a a turn like that between that pair of scenes? Because I know you can either think about it in terms of I want to get at what the writers intend to be going on with Shiv Mm. Or you can think about it in terms of what do I think as the actor who knows Shiv perhaps the best thinks is going on with Shiv. Is it both? Is it more one than the other? Because to me that's a really – I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was going on with Shiv.
0: (laughs) I think what I really like about how the writers create is that nothing is ever binary or set in stone. It's all very grayscale in a lot of ways. There's – there's potential for it to go one way or the other or for things to be two things at once. And for Shiv in, in that, I think, again, she's so deceptive to herself even that she can be so unfeeling and unkind and then be struck by um, a real moment, by a real um, vulnerability from her husband that cracks her open again and goes hey, 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 remember you're human. Remember, you know, not everything is a game, not everything is transactional, not everything is, you know, in pursuit of a goal like you've been taught. Remember that these are your two humans in a marriage. And there's, I think, that for me made me realize how much she needs him but how much that scares her and how how well she's able to hide that from herself. I think um hearing that she does make somebody so unhappy that they could <laughs> leave. Yeah. is so like ah oh, I mean yeah. I don't think she's ever been dumped, you know? I don't think she's, she's she's that woman who's never been dumped. And if she was, she would say that well she has been cheating on him for year, like weeks. Um you know, like she would Right. She would find a way to get the power back and in that it's so exposing and so simple like i the happy i feel the sad i'd feel without you is is you know worse than the it's not as bad as the sad i feel with you ouch
2: i want to before we let you go i want to talk about one more i want to play one more clip which is also shiv and logan This is um, after, as we just talked about, the Shiv is very cold to Tom, but then she feels very bad about Tom uh, potentially wanting to leave her. And she has a conversation with her father because he is still throwing around the idea of potentially having Tom be the, uh, I don't know, the one who takes the fall. And Shiv here is absolutely at a crossroads and she uh, talks about Uh, What they're going to do with Logan, played, of course, by the great Brian Cox.
0: Let's play the clip. I just think that uh, Tom doesn't deserve it. And uh, it doesn't work for the rest of the world. I don't. So, what do you think? It's the sort of tough choice people need to be able to make. People who would be very senior people. I can't choose, Dad. No. 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 <sighs> Just not... So bad. Because he's really directly asking her to be less human in order to be successful in business. Uh-huh. I would hope that society, as a general rule, is moving to being more human in to be successful in business. I mean, for instance, like, or in policy and government, Jacinda Ardern, her approach to this moment right now would be, I would say, more human and more sort of understanding of humanity, society, and that kind of, you know, being maternal has been thrown around in that sort of sense Mm -hmm. that and and what is the outcome there's there's been a lot more safety there's been a lot more sort of okay let's let's get back into uh return to work faster Mm -hmm. i would hope that (laughs) business is sort of moving towards that but this is like there's direct evidence in in coming from logan roy of how otherwise business has operated in you know for the last however many years
2: Well, Sarah Snook, this has been so much fun. Uh, Succession (laughs) is available, HBO, HBO Max, all of your streaming options. You can buy it. You can rent it. You got to catch up with it. It's a lot of fun, Succession. Sarah Snook, thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Sarah Snook, interviewed by the one and only Linda Holmes in 2020. You can stream all three seasons of Succession now on HBO. Our thanks to Linda for talking with Sarah. Linda is one of the hosts of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. You should listen to that. Linda is also a novelist, and she has a new book on the way. Loved her first one. Looking forward to the second. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun, In and around greater Los Angeles, California, here in Los Angeles, I am headed off to take a stick shift driving lesson. Only driven automatics. Please don't judge me. Uh, But hopefully we'll learn quick. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producer is Jesus Ambrosio. Production fellows at Maximum Fun are Richard Robey and Valerie Moffitt. We get help from Casey O'Brien... Our interstitial music is by Dan Wally, also known as DJW. Our theme song is Huddle Formation, recorded by the group The Go Team, thanks to them and to their label, Memphis Industries. You can keep up with our show on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We post our interviews there. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off.
0: Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.